The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how AI is transforming creative industries. Joining us is Yaniv Makover, who is the CEO of AnyWord, which is a data-driven artificial intelligence copywriting solution used by brands like Ted Baker, Condé Nast, and Equinox. The AnyWord tool allows marketers to instantly create unique and engaging copy that converts and drives sales. Trained on billions of marketing data sets, over 250 million pieces of top-performing ad copy, AnyWord offers marketers powerful predictive performance scoring and analytics to ensure the content will engage their target audience and achieve the desired results. And today, Yaniv and I are going to talk about leveraging AI without losing your creativity. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Yaniv Makover, the CEO of AnyWord. Yaniv, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you on the show. And man, you are in this dead center eye of the storm with what you're doing at AnyWord. Uh, artificial intelligence, copywriting. This is the story of the year. ChatGPT, OpenAI, Bard, we're all trying to figure out how to use artificial intelligence to do a better job marketing. How do you leverage artificial intelligence without losing your creativity? Sing to me, preach. So first of all, five years ago, I was going around basically telling investors that AI is going to help them write, or they're going to read a lot of articles and content written by AI. And they were pretty skeptical. And now I think it's pretty clear that this is a big part of creativity and writing and creation. So specifically, AnyWord is a platform for performance writing. So creativity is part of it. But generally, if you mix in a lot of data with a very large language model, you basically know and what people expect to read, but also what they don't expect and what will actually do well to convince them of something or sell them something or create some sort of intent. So AnyWord has really has been investing in the infrastructure and the data for leveraging AI to create content that actually performs. Creativity is a big word. Like if you ask different people what creativity is, they'll, you'll get, I think, different answers. For me, it's to get something that's unexpected, but somewhat profound. So it has an abstract meaning. And I think large language models, which is the underlying technology behind generative AI, the way they work, they have kind of like built-in creativity. So people tend to think, well, you know, this thing is just spitting out stuff it read across the internet, but not really. The way it works, it basically is guessing word by word 
And every time it needs to guess a word, it has lots of options to choose from. And because it read so much and understands so much from previous content that's been created by people, you pretty often get a lot of creative answers, creative content, creative copy. I think just also people have kind of like a subjective perspective about creativity is. So some people will look at copy and say, well, this is amazing. And others, well, that's not so great. So I think a lot of the work has to be done around telling the AI how you want it to be creative. Like some creativity is great, others not maybe what you might expect. So tone of voice, your target audience, where you want it to stick to your messaging and where you don't. And I think there's some work to be done there. And then there's a lot of product work that anywhere does to help marketers kind of control the creativity of AI. There's a couple different pieces here that I have such mixed emotions about artificial intelligence and its application, where it lives in, in sort of the zeitgeist right now. When I think about how we've been testing with artificial intelligence, first thing I did was essentially what people do when they start dating someone new. They start Googling them. Well, I started using artificial intelligence and started looking up things like the MarTech podcast and tell me about the host. And what I noticed was ChatGPT's response specifically was not very accurate. Apparently, I am the CEO of Sendoso. I am definitely not the CEO of Sendoso for the record, but ChatGPT seems to think that I am when it was describing who is the host of the MarTech podcast. So it's not factually accurate. Now, the description was very compelling, made me sound great, but it wasn't truthful. When you're thinking about, well, creativity, what is the line in the sand and, and how do we avoid taking these large language models and having them write copy that sounds great and is creative and convincing, but isn't actually true? It's funny that you say that. So what you're referring to, first of all, is something called hallucinations. So this is kind of commonly referred to. A large language model is a pretty knowledgeable person, knows a lot of things about a lot of different things, but it doesn't know when it doesn't know. It's because it's just guessing word by word. It can't even tell you if it has the facts straight or it doesn't. So if you're asking specific questions, then you'll get sometimes wrong answers. I think over time, that specific problem will be solved because it's an underlying technology, but you can bypass it or have some rules on top of it. So I think for whatever you're trying to do, or you're trying to write copy or you're asking questions, I think over time, it'll make less and less mistakes and a lot more fact-checking will be incorporated into the technology stack. So I think for copywriting, with a limited scope and a goal in mind, you're already, at least in any word, we implemented a lot of safeguards for give me the background of the company or the product and who is your target audience and what do you actually do? And then when you feed that into a model and then you ask it, oh, okay, create me a, like a uh, copy for an email or a social post, then it has a much better understanding of your specific product and who your company is and who you're targeting. So the chances for mistakes or hallucinations are much lower. So it goes into a prompt or some background technology data, but it's basically solved. One of the things that always catches my eye or my attention when we see these new waves of technology come out is who's actually producing a technology and who is taking advantage of the buzz, right? Leveraging the existing technology that somebody else has developed and trying to spin it in a nice little marketing way. There's a company that we kick the tires with that is creating post-production content out of podcasts. Hey, we'll take your transcript and we'll write all your social copy and all that stuff. And all they're doing is taking our transcripts, putting into chat GPT and giving a couple prompts and then charging us for the results. Well, I can go do that myself. Talk to me about how AnyWord is different, where it's not just a set of prompts using someone else's technology. How is your technology actually different than what is the underlying technology available in ChatGPT or BARD? So you can test our copy versus a copy you'll create with ChatGPT and BARD, and all copy will do better. Like So you can test it for 
conversions or click through. We actually have a model that can predict the performance for your copy, given your audience, your channel, and your business goal. So for instance, if you're writing a copy on your website for first time moms and you're selling diapers, then we would know how to rank all of your copy variations and tell you which one would work better. And then because we know how to rank them, we also know how to feed that into what we call a fine-tuned model. So like a model that knows lots of English, seen lots of copy, but because of any word also knows what copy will perform. That problem for predicting what copy will perform has always been kind of like a problem for copywriters. They had to guess. But now when you can use ChatGPT or any language model to create 8,000 versions of an email or a tweet, then you really have to know, you can't really publish them, you can't A-B test them, you really have to know what will actually do well. So that's what we bring to the table. I think there's a big opportunity for lots of companies to create value on top of, I would say, the large language model stack. Actually, the model itself is getting commoditized. You don't have to use ChatGPT or OpenAI's model. There's plenty of models that are pretty similar. I think the way you bring your own data, like AnyWord has, performance data, and you bring in the right user flows or the workflows for users, I think you create a lot of value. From my perspective, it's very similar to when mobile phones or smartphones came into the market. And there's lots of opportunity on top of this technology. So mobility apps and utility apps and social apps and games. And a lot of them weren't even possible before just on desktop. So I think you're going to see a lot of disruption, a lot of valuable new applications that weren't possible before. And you're also going to see a lot of duds, right? So just like apps in the App Store. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. I remember when the App Store came out, there was the uh, app where you can pretend to pour a beer, right? And it was so novel that there was a gyroscope in the phone and you can spill it out and make it look like you were drinking the beer. And everybody was like, this is the future. Look at this cool thing I could do. Or there was the like random slot machine of what restaurant you should go to. Like those were all the, the innovative technologies that showed what hardware the phone has but they didn't have a lot of utility. And I feel like we are, and the, the parallel to the introduction of smartphones, and I think the artificial intelligence, those are probably in par in terms of 
their significance. One is probably built on top of the other. When you think about copywriting and you're building on top of a large language model, what are some of the suggestions that you have for marketers, excluding people that are working with any word? What are ways that they can most effectively use large language models to be more efficient in their copywriting? So first of all, I'd like to say that from my perspective, AI is not replacing marketers, just like calculators didn't replace mathematicians. So a mathematician will write down a formula and then calculate it with a calculator. And I think in marketing, you still need to have a tone, have a strategy, know your audience. All of that is something that a larger language model doesn't know. But once you have them and you kind of like know what you're trying to say, and saying it in 50 different ways, that's a calculator. That's something that you shouldn't be wasting your time on. So I think where this is going, the two paradigms for large language models, the basic paradigms are, hey, I know what I want to write, make this better. And two, I don't know what to write. I'll give you like a very short input and then give me a bunch of ideas. Some of them will be off, some will be spot on. And I think those two paradigms kind of like you can apply them to a lot of the marketing activities besides copywriting. Give me a bunch of ideas for a blog post about cats versus dogs. And yeah, you, you might've spent like 10 hours researching it, gotten to those ideas yourself. But that saves a lot of time. And then if you know what you want to write and you have this first draft of something like an email, then, okay, refine this, make it better for executives versus, I don't know, technical people. And I think it's a huge head start. So I think the blank page first draft is one thing and you can apply it everywhere. And the second thing is how do I refine this, translate it instantly? I think when people think about how they read articles, for instance, today, in a few years, you'll read a different version of an article that someone wrote. So if you're just reading like I don't know, a review of an NBA game and you're a fan of one team and not the other, you'll see an article that was written for the winning team. And then somebody else will read an article for the losing team. And I think that's interesting. It's the same article. It's the same data, same facts, but we'll all be seeing kind of reading different versions of it. I agree with you in the sense that marketers will not be obsolete. But in some capacity, they will be dramatically affected. Specifically, to do effective marketing pre-artificial intelligence, pre-generative large language models, there was a 100 man hours per marketing cycle. And now that goes down to 10. And so there are 90 man hours that were required to produce an effective piece of marketing collateral, which are now being eaten up by a machine. It makes us all more efficient. But are we going to be producing 10x the amount of content or are we just going to be more efficient, which means there's less work for people to do? I do think that some of the downstream effects, some of the operators that are creating content and sort of doing the, the administrative part, their jobs are really at risk. The strategic marketers, the people who are making the decisions on what to write, who to reach, how to reach them, I think that they're probably going to be safe. Do you think that all copywriters should be shaking in their boots knowing that, you know, a machine can essentially do what their job is? Or is it the copywriters are just going to be able to make their job easier and be more effective? I think to my early point, I don't think there are people now doing uh, long arithmetic with pen and paper. And uh, there used to be some people that had like calculators, basically, that were doing the calculations. So to your point, yeah, you're right. There's going to be less of that. But there's going to be a need for more editing. So like, how do you really have to figure out what's the, the final message or the content that goes out? And then you're going to read a lot of the versions and then figure out 
what needs to be sent. And I think that's not easy. It, it takes time. So I think there's going to be more of that. And we see more and more kind of like content teams and content strategists just basically being the editors of all this content, making sure it's on brand, making sure that it's driving the right points. Generative AI tools don't know your company, don't know your product. Just they generally have an understanding maybe if you have a very simple market. But there's some work that is not going to be done anymore by people, but there is more, I would say there's a lot more things that people need to learn now. And there's new opportunities and not just prompt engineering, which is a thing. You also need to tell the tools how to like what to write for you. But I think more in the editing and improving. And if you have more power of creating 10x more content, then you're going to use it, right? You want to have that personalized uh version of the article for this channel and you want to post something else on Twitter and that needs to be orchestrated. So I think it creates more work. I think people, when you know, they saw the computer for the first time, say, well, now we have a computer and now there's a bunch of things we used to do and now we can't do anymore. But guess what? We're all sitting next to computers 10 hours a day, every day. There's so much more work to be done, even though computers solved a lot of the things that we used to do with notebooks, I think. So I think with new technology, there's just more, there's different tasks to be done. I guess the last question I have for you, you mentioned that the generative AI, the large language models, that they don't know your company. And I feel like with artificial intelligence, it's very much like people. You know, if you ask 100 people a question, you're going to get 10 really, really smart, thoughtful answers. You're going to get a bunch of stuff that's in between, and you're going to get 10 answers from people that are just flat out wrong and stupid. And I feel like sometimes when you ask artificial intelligence, or I'll speak specifically to chat GPT, how to answer a question, you're rolling the dice. It's some of the times, just like people, you're going to get a right answer. And some of the times you're going to get a wrong answer because chat GPT doesn't have the context. It doesn't understand your company or, or who you are or what you're trying to accomplish all the time. So what are the ways that you can essentially build in memory or, or training for the large language models? Is there a way that you can give enough context to a generative AI solution so you can basically teach it to be one of the smarter people, not one of the random people that are in the line? So first of all, the technical term for making a model an expert in something is called fine tuning. So let's say you have your past learnings, your data about some tasks that you want the model to do. For marketers, it's like, okay, I wanted to write really compelling content or great blog posts. And you have examples of blog posts that work well for you in the past about your subject matter that's very highly technical. You can now fine-tune a model. Basically means that you train it with your data. So it adds your data on top of what it already knows. So it has to know English. It has to know a lot of things about the world to write coherently or to give you some coherent answers. But now it also knows what you know about your company. It's not clear cut, right? So it's like what data you give it, but it's pretty effective. There are easier ways. So first of all, you can construct a prompt that gives the model a lot of information. Don't use these words. Use this word instead of that word. Uh, an explanation about your product and your company and all that before you even ask it to write something. That will work uh, reasonably well. So that's like pre-processing. And the third option is post-processing. So let's say you've, you've just created a bunch of results and now you don't care, like it doesn't cost you anything. You create a thousand results and now have some other tool read all the results and see if they align with your policy or whatever you know. And again, you're right. The model, the ChatGPT isn't an expert in anything. You are. You can bring the expert after ChatGPT or before, but it's going to save you a lot of time anyway. Yeah. You know, I mentioned before that there's some vaporware that's out there and people have refined the prompts. They're fine tuning. And to me, you know, when we're creating our AI generated content, I'll use our introduction scripts as an example. It's one of the things that we're testing. 
the prompt is, here's a template for our script. Here is the data for a speaker application. Fill out this speaker application so it's easily readable using the data that was included, right? We are giving context and structure to chat GPT to spit out the end output. And to me, that's where I've seen the most effective results using artificial intelligence. And we're going to talk about how to use AI more effectively in our next episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Yaniv Makover, the CEO of AnyWord, for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Yaniv and I continue our conversation talking about where artificial intelligence is most effective in marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Yaniv, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Yaniv Makover. That's Y-A-N-I-V-M-A-K-O-V-E-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is anyword.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.